Welcome to our Daily Inspiration Podcast. As Inspire Church is walking through a 30-day rule of life, whether you are participating fully or just listening, we hope you are blessed. Hey everybody, Pastor Roger here. It is great to be back recording an episode in our Rhythms series. Man, I have heard so many people just talk about how this series has uh, just ignited, rekindled, stirred up, repassioned them to read God's word again, to pray again, to seek him, to fast. And that is so exciting because that really is our prayer uh, is that this series will cause a revival to stir within all of us uh, to want to be more like Christ and to have these rhythms that will allow our lives to really abide in Jesus Christ. And, and just to remind you, some of what we're really wanting you to do is to, again, look at the, the rhythms that you already are doing in your life and ask your question, okay, are these rhythms life-giving or life-draining? To, to look at your life and make an ass- uh, to look at the rhythms of your life and make an assessment and say, okay, do the rhythms I have, uh, who are they forming me to be? Are they forming me to be more like Jesus Christ or not? And then we've invited you to, uh, to include these spiritual disciplines, these spiritual practices, these life-giving rhythms of reading and fasting and praying. And, and I'm excited as, as we continue to unfold the rest of the rhythms. Um, and maybe you're listening to this and you're like, Pastor Roger, that is so great. I'm so glad for those individuals, but I'm going to be honest with you. That's not my story. These rhythms have been challenging. Uh, these rhythms have been difficult. And in in fact, I find myself doing them less and not more. There's just something in my life that is just causing me to not be fully engaged. And I want to be, but it's difficult. And so I read and then I give up or I pray and I give up. Can I just encourage you that these rhythms are not shame-based, but they are covered in grace. Can I just encourage you that if you read and then stopped reading, or if you prayed and then stopped praying, or can I just encourage you to pray again? to read again, to journal again, to worship the Lord again, to, to, to pick up these rhythms again. And you said, yeah, but, but what if I do it? And then, and then I fail, you know, for the hundredth time, that's okay. Just do it again. Because through these rhythms, as you continue to do them, um, what you'll find is that the Holy Spirit will begin to just draw you closer and closer to himself, and you'll begin to desire these rhythms. And so that is an encouragement I just want to give to you. Today, we're talking about discerning God's will. And I want to look at Matthew chapter six, a very familiar passage. And here, Jesus is teaching his disciples about prayer. And he just got through telling them how not to pray. And now he's telling them how to pray how to pray. And again, this is probably going to be very familiar to you. But Matthew chapter six, starting in verse nine, it says this, this is Jesus. And he says, this then is how you should pray. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive our debts 
as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Notice there he says, listen, I want you to pray this every day, right? Because verse 11 says, give us today our daily bread. You know, he didn't say, pray, give us this year our yearly bread or give us this week our weekly bread, but daily going to him, you know? And he says this, he says, pray that your kingdom come, your will be done. Wow, your will be done. In other words, there is an inside out and upside down reality that Jesus is talking about. He's saying, if you want to know God's will for your life, then you have to lay down your will. Just like when Jesus says, if you want to find your life, you must be willing to lose it. It's, it's, it he's, he's saying the same thing. Listen, if, if you want to know God's will, you have to be willing to lose your own will. If you want to know God's agenda, you have to lose yours. And I understand that this flies in the face of our westernized, individualistic, self-dependent culture where you are paid to have the answers. You, you are valued. Our culture says, listen, the more you know, the, the, the more you're able to say, listen, this is what you do. This is how you do it. This is what you get it done. To, to be able to look like you know it all and you have it all together, that that, that brings value to you. Um, uh, but let me just say this, that what Jesus Christ is saying is, if you want to know the will of God, then really the first thing that you have to be willing to do is to lay down your will. Your kingdom come, your will be done. And when we do that, then making decisions will become easier. Now, I didn't say we'll become easy, but we'll become easier making decisions. Rich Viotas, Pastor Rich Viotas, uh, talks about two types of people when it comes to discerning God's will and making decisions. And, and I really want to focus on this because I think that you'll find yourself in one of these. And he says this, the first person is always discerning, but never deciding. Always discerning, but never deciding. You, you know, you're always discerning the will of God. You're always praying about what you should do and, 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 and trying to see and what does God really want, but you never actually decide. You don't commit to anything. And, and there's many reasons for that. Maybe you have a fear of commitment. Um, maybe you have a fear of losing out. Um, or, you know, what they say, YOLO, right? You only live once. And so you're, you're, you have this fear to commit to something. Um, or maybe, you know, you fear about what if I get it wrong? What if I was supposed to go through door A and I went through door B? Or what if I chose this route and I was supposed to go down that route? And so I'm just going to stay right here. I don't know what to do. And, um, or, or maybe your fear is like, well, what if it doesn't work out the way I envisioned? In my mind, I, I, I see it working out this way. But what if that doesn't doesn't happen, then what? And so you end up being paralyzed and you never move forward because you're always discerning, but you're never deciding. That's the first person. The second person that he talks about is someone that's always deciding, but never discerning. So the first person is discerning, but never deciding. The second person is always deciding, but never discerning. In other words, you kind of shoot from the, from the hip you know, this type of person is, you know, they, they don't really have time to pray about it and you need the answer now. And so you just go and do it and you ask questions later. 
always deciding, but never discerning. And I actually want to take a moment to just stop right there and think about this and process it for a moment, because I actually believe that there are many of us that are doing this. We decide, but we never discern. What, what I mean by that is I think that there are many people who don't even invite God into the process of our decision making. Um, and, and, you know, we, we love the Lord, we're Christians, we, we, we say we want his will, we say we want to follow him, but the reality is, is that unless it's some sort of really extreme decision or tragic event, we don't even invite Jesus into our decision-making process. Um, and, and so it makes me wonder, do you actually want to know the will of God? Do you want to know God's will? Or are you really looking for God to confirm your will? In other words, are you really wanting God's agenda? Or are you just wanting him to come alongside your agenda? Are you wanting him to put a stamp of approval upon what it is that you want? Do you actually want to know the will of God? Uh, theologian Karl Barth says this, how can God give us an answer when we are still well supplied with all sorts of answers of our own? Wow. How can God give us an answer when we are still well supplied with answers, with all sorts of answers of our own? I think sometimes what happens is the reason why many of us are deciding but never discerning is because we're actually scared to know the will of God. What, what, if, what if it's not what I want? What if what God wants me to do or where God wants me to go or, or the decision that God wants me to make isn't where I want to go, isn't the decision that I want to make, isn't what I want to do? And so, and so we kind of say these sort of, you know, maybe uh, prayers or, or we kind of vaguely say, Lord, I, I, you know, please do this for me or, or I want this to be done or, or something of that nature. Uh, but, but really, it's just to mask the reality that we haven't taken time to sit down and actually process with God what it is that he would want. And, and, and we get scared about that because what if what God wants is not affirming our felt most felt needs and wants, right? Tim Keller says this, God will either give us what we ask for in prayer or give us what we would have asked for if we knew everything that God knows. Let me just say that again. Tim Keller said, God will either give us what we ask for in prayer or give us what we would have asked for if we knew everything that God knows. In other words, Pastor Phil mentioned this at the conclusion of his sermon when he talked about um, that uh, at the end of it, some of these decision makings are, are really just stepping out in faith. It's the idea that I am trusting God that I am trusting God. And I just wonder if we aren't inviting the Lord into our decision-making process because we don't trust him. We don't, we don't, we don't trust that he's going to give us what we want. And we're scared that we're going to have to do something that we don't want to do. 
um, let me just give you an example. Let's just say you're looking at two jobs and, and one job pays more and the other job pays less. And what you really want is the job that pays more. And so you just pray and you say, Lord, I, please give me that job. And, and, and I hope this job works out. And, and, and you're really praying for favor with this job and favor with the person that's interviewing you and, and, and all sorts of stuff because you're really wanting it because it pays more. And, but what if God actually wants you to take the job that pays less? You say, well, wait a minute, what are you talking about? Well, I mean, what if God knows the type of person that you'll become if you take this other job? What, what if this other job leads to such a significant amount of increase in your wealth that you actually become more greedy and not more generous? Or what if it makes you more pretentious or, or causes you to look down on others? In other words, what if going with this job will actually take you further away from Jesus Christ than bring you closer, right? In other words, when we're looking at these two positions, at these two job offers, and we say, okay, this one offers more money, this one offers less. And immediately our mind is like, well, the Lord has to want to, you know, his will has to be that we get this job over here that offers more. That has to be his will. But really what you're saying is, well, that's what you want, and you're hoping that God approves it. Now, maybe he will. Maybe that's what he wants. But I just wonder if oftentimes we don't invite God into the decision-making process because we are fearful that what if his will does not coincide, does not approve, does not agree with what it is that we actually want? Will we trust it anyway? Well, if we trust God, we will. Because we have to know that God knows everything that is good for us, that God knows everything that is good for us. Two types of people, one person always discerning, but never deciding, another person always deciding, but never discerning. And then there's actually this third place, which is what does it look like to be a person that decides from a place of discernment? a person that decides from a place of discernment. And that is exactly what I think Pastor Phil's message last Sunday helped us do. It helps us to become people who can decide from a place of discernment. Now, I'm not going to go back and retrace everything that Pastor Phil had said. And I really suggest that you go back and you listen to that message. In fact, I think you should listen to it about three or four times and really pay attention closely to what it is that the Lord is teaching us through Pastor Phil's message, because that was an incredible message on how to discover God's will for your life in the midst of all these other voices and choices and teaching us what it means to be somebody that doesn't just um, discern but never decides, that doesn't just decide but never discerns, but really decides from a place of discernment. And I understand that seeking the will of God isn't always clear, right? God doesn't give us this sort of spiritual GPS that says, turn left here, then turn right there, and then go around the roundabout, right? Instead, he gives us almost like an atlas, right? And this may not be as easy um, 
as it is simply being told what to do and where to go. Because if you are like most of us, that's exactly what we want. We just want God to show us, listen, do you want us to do A, B, or C? Just do something. Let us know. Which one is it? Um, and we just want simple, direct, specific, clear instructions. But God is training us not to necessarily need to have these direct instructions, but he's actually giving us something far more valuable. See, what he's doing is he's having our minds rebooted with his new operating system. God is not merely handing us a fish, but as the saying goes, but he's teaching us how to fish. See, during the process of learning, during this process of what it is to be a Christian, um, God will sometimes seem almost frustratingly vague and nonspecific. But this is actually the, the, the difficulty is actually part of the design. In those moments, we have to look again at what the destination is, where are we headed, and pray and come into a communicating relationship with God. If God was just the GPS and he just said, turn here, turn right here, how mechanical would our relationship with him be? When we pray, God, let your will be done, when Jesus is instructing us to pray that, do you know that it's not just an instruction, it's actually an invitation? It's not just an instruction, it's an invitation. He is inviting us into a relationship with him. Because God wants so much more than to prescribe our every step right? But he wants to help change us. He wants to help transform us. He, he doesn't want to simply inform us, but he wants to transform us. And the only way for us to know that is to get to know him. Becca and I um, have, in, in, as we've grown in our marriage, as we've grown in our relationship, there is probably 90% of any sort of decision that would need to be made if it was brought to me, I would know how Becca would want me to decide. And same with her. If 90% if of the decisions that were brought to her, she would know which uh, way or what uh, choice I would make. She, she would know my will and I know her will. How? Well, because of the relationship that we have which, with each other, this relationship that we've grown into because we've spent time with each other. And I just want to encourage you that when you are discerning the voice of God, the, the clearer God's voice will become in the midst of other voices and other choices, his voice will become clearer and clearer the more you get to know him. And you say, well, wait, okay, so how do we get to know him? Well, uh, a pastor once said this when talking about how to uh, discern the will of God. He said this, don't listen for a voice, but look for a verse. Don't listen for a voice, but look for a verse. Now, let me just give context to what he was speaking about. What he was saying is this. Sometimes what we want is we want this audible voice, you know, to come down from heaven and to speak to us and say, Roger, do this. But oftentimes where the voice of God comes from, in fact, most times 
is from his word. Don't listen for a voice, but look for a verse. And what he means by that is, as you go into the word of God, as you do these rhythms of prayer and fasting, of journaling, of meditating, of praying through the scriptures, as you do all of these things and, and you begin to take on all of the practical steps that, that, that we have been learning throughout uh, this series, that what we are doing is we are getting to know God more and more. And the more we know him, the better we'll understand his will for our lives. Not always discerning, but never deciding, and not always deciding, but never discerning. Rather, being a people that decide from a place of discernment. I'm excited as I myself continue to learn what it is to have these rhythms in my life um, in a deep way, what it means to abide in Jesus Christ. And I'm excited to even take on uh, some of the practical lessons that I have learned this week on what it means to understand God's will in my decision-making process and how to ask the right questions and to look at life through the lens of the gospel and through the understanding that God is uh, more concerned with transforming me than he is with just informing me. I pray that this has been a blessing to you. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord God, for all that you do. I thank you because we can trust you. I thank you, God, because you are sovereign. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that we really will want your will. <laughs> Lord God, help us to lay down ours. That's not easy, Lord. Help us to put down our agenda, God, and our needs and our wants and to place yours first. Help us to invite you into our decision-making process and trust you for where you are guiding us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you so much for joining us, and we hope you are inspired as we journey together to reorient our lives in life-giving practices as demonstrated in God's Word. 